Hello, I'm here with Austin today. Who's your favorite tennis player? Nadal. Why? Because he's he looks cool. All right, Arjun. Who's your favorite tennis player? Uh, I would say my favorite tennis player is Rafael Nadal. He's super strong and fast and agile. Welcome to Tennis with Trip. Joining me via phone line in the recording studio here at Country Day is Trip Phillips. Trip is currently the associate men's tennis coach at UNC Chapel Hill. He also played professionally on the Pro Tour, and I'm fortunate to call him my uncle. Thanks for joining us, Uncle Trip. Yeah, thanks a lot. Sir, so let's get straight into it. Um, what are some of your most notable achievements in tennis? I played uh, pro tennis for eight years and got the top 30 in the world. I made the semis of the U.S. Open and got to play uh, all the Grand Slams and, and biggest tournaments in the world. So it was uh, it was a really, really fun run. And looking back, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. I'm here with Country Day tennis coach Calvin Davis. Coach, you were a head coach when Tripp Phillips was a student here. What do you remember about him? Well, I remember when he first came here, um, he definitely had a lot of confidence in himself, and uh, we hit it off right away. I think he was about 13 or 14 when he first came to Country Day, and he uh, had been playing in Virginia, Richmond, I believe, and uh, he had been well coached there and was already – a nationally ranked player. Um, so the thing for me with Trip was to see could I help enhance his ranking and help him to grow his game even further. Nice. What was it like to coach someone who eventually is going to go pro? Well, at the time, uh, I don't think any of us ever thought about him going pro. We just thought about him every day being the best player he could be. And uh, he worked hard. In fact, he was one of those uh, type of players that if he didn't do well during the day, he wanted to stay another hour and just work on it when everyone else was gone. Or he was always here before everyone else. And he was always saying, you know, can you help me with this or help me with that? And uh, you could just tell that, you know, he was on the right track for what it takes to, to be very good. How good, we didn't know at that time. What point did you, like, really know that he could go farther? Well... Uh, I'd had some players before who had played on the tour, and, you know, I never want to put so much pressure on a player by saying you can become a pro. Um, that may be a, uh, a goal that's unobtainable, which then makes you feel like you failed at your goal. But I knew that he could become a very, very good collegiate player, and then I was really hoping that from that point forward he would see that this was something he wanted to pursue. And obviously it turned out that way for him because once he got to Chapel Hill and he got under the tutelage of Coach Sam Paul, he continued to really, really grow. He had a small setback when he had a shoulder injury, I think maybe his junior year. And he uh, overcame that injury and he got back into uh, playing and then just continued to excel. Calvin um, was such a big part of my career and he, he did such a good job of, of really pushing me and always keeping me outside my comfort zone. But, you know, he always made it fun and he always knew when he needed to be pushed and when he needed to just kind of have an arm around you and a little support. And 
I think because of that, in some of those years where a lot of people burn out, it was just a really healthy environment for me to grow. Mm. And I remember him telling me on how he doesn't uh, he doesn't like to tell kids it, that they like have the opportunity to play at a professional level because he doesn't want to put that pressure on them. And, right. Yeah. yeah. He he has an uncanny way of, of pushing you really hard without you feeling more pressure than you need to feel. So I think I was always out of my company. I mean, look, there's been plenty of days where I didn't necessarily feel like going to practice. It's not like every day is rosy. Mm -hmm. uh, but in general, like, you know, I was always pushing the bounds and, and developing, I think, as quickly and as much as I could, but in a way that, that always stayed really healthy, which you sort of see for some people, you know, they, they lose that balance and, and then, yeah, it just sort of no longer, you, you sort of lose the passion. So how has, like, your time playing tennis at Country Day been overall? Overall, I would say it's been really beneficial, uh, not just on the court, but off the court, uh, being part of such a great community. How has your time at Country Day playing tennis been overall? been really fun. The coach is good, our team is good, and yeah, we've had like pretty good team connection. I'm here with Arjun. So, Arjun, where do you see your tennis career at Country Day going? I'm already a junior, so uh, tennis hasn't been the biggest part of my life, but I know with my experience here on the Country Day tennis team, it's been really fun, and I've definitely uh, conditioned myself to be a really strong athlete. Uh, I'm looking forward to just playing tennis for the rest of my life. Where do you see your uh, tennis career at Country Day taking you? I feel like right now I'm just playing to get better. And once I get out of school, I'm not looking to play college tennis, but I'm still trying to like play the sport outside of school and like have fun. What personal characteristics do you look for in a strong tennis player? Well, probably the characteristics that Tripp has or had at the time and, and even more so now. And it's, it just starts with, one, loving the game. You got to love to play. Two, he was dedicated to, to being better every day. And, and three, he was just relentless in his pursuit for excellence uh, of, of this game. And so I think that as a coach, you want to make sure that you don't destroy any of those characters, characteristics by overdoing them or underdoing them. And um, I remember once he graduated, he called me and says, hey, I think I'd like to try the tour. Would you be willing to help me? And of course, you know, I wanted to help him. And so um, we were able to be together and work together and just uh, share the ability for him to continue to to be good no matter even if he failed that day he was always ready to get back into the game so yes sir thank you so much for your time coming from country day and and just you know our family is is you know education based so as i went to college even i still think um, I really wasn't sure. It was, it was probably closer to the end of college um, when I was realizing I was one of the best players in college tennis. And 
I had started to see people a little bit older than me go out and they were actually doing well on tour. And I was thinking, I'm actually, I think I'm better than some of those guys. So it started to make me believe that if I really wanted to do it, that, that it wasn't like a, a pipe dream, yeah, you know, something that maybe I could really do. And so I kind of thought about it and, and decided to go for it. And yeah, glad I did. Yeah. And so, uh, once you got to the professional level and playing in those high level tournaments, um, what was like, how did you handle the pressure and how do you help your students handle the pressure? Yeah. Geez. I, I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, because I kind of, when I was going through, like, basically I just, you know, um, coach Paul, my, my coach at, at UNC gave me like a stock of like these books to kind of take out there with me. And, and basically he really emphasized that like, listen, like life on tour, like, you know, the, the pressures of being out there, the dealing with everything, like it's very easy to get negative or down on yourself and mm-hmm. just kind of preached that, you know, like to constantly be feeding yourself, like the mindset of, of the people who are doing really well. Um, and so, you know, if I was in a bad patch or whatever it was, like I, I'd spend a lot of time just like trying to readjust my mindset because that mindset's so important. Um, but I really didn't, as I was coming through, do anything on the kind of the sports psychology side of things. I think that that back in the day, it was more, you know, if you had, like, if you weren't a good competitor or you were really struggling in those situations, maybe then you'd go. And I kind of prided myself on being a good competitor. And so I never, I don't think I ever really studied or, or dove in the way, like now pretty much any athlete at the top of their game in any sport in the world. Like they spend a ton of time on mental preparation and, and actually working at mindfulness and all these different tactics to help you in that moment. And it's more like the being the best in the world is, is just a couple percentage points here or there. And most of those people realize it is sort of on the mental side that separates. So now we spend a ton of time um, with our guys and I've spent a ton of time, um, trying to really work and learn, um, sort of different tools and tactics. And, and a lot of it, I think is just normalizing that everybody feels that pressure and everybody has those nerves. I think at least for our student athletes, they look at the top players in the world and they're thinking like, man, they're not nearly as nervous as me walking up to the line, but you know, the guy that just won the Masters, he's obviously oh, yeah. pretty good. But, you know, he talked about afterwards how he couldn't stop crying before the final round. Hmm. And it's like, you think about it, you've probably never cried before one of your games. Yeah. Like, so if you think about the enormous pressure that that guy must have been feeling, and it makes sense, but it's not like he wasn't feeling it. I'm sure he's just worked it, you know, the mindfulness stuff, mm-hmm. some of these tools where just because you feel that way doesn't mean you have to play that way like you always have a choice and and you can live with sort of the uncomfortable feelings he had and pull his mind back to where it needs to be which was on playing a great round of golf in that situation and so we spend a ton of time with our guys of just getting them to understand that one like these situations are tough and life can be tough um, and everyone has these these tough feelings but in there if you have that awareness you can also choose to 
respond to any situation on the court or anywhere else, you get to choose how you respond. And it doesn't just have to be how you're feeling. If you're nervous, you don't have to respond nervous. If you're mad, you don't have to respond mad. And it's hard to do that. But with a lot of work, I think our guys have improved a ton at it. And, and it certainly is, uh, is a huge part of performance. Yeah, definitely. I know whenever, I mean, I, I think I usually show my emotions whenever I'm playing in sports. So I think I got to work on that a little bit. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, um, playing tennis, like all the time, putting in like tons of hours, uh, how did you avoid getting burnt out? Yeah, that's another interesting one. Um, I mean, one, I, I played a bunch of sports, um, I don't think I really like locked in. I mean, even, even all the way through high school, I still played church league basketball, but I think I played JV basketball my ninth grade year. And as you get older, if you're really trying to go big in one sport, you do have to specialize a little more, but I think being a multi-sport athlete, as long as I could helped. And, um, you know, my parents, like they never, it was always, I wasn't playing any sport because they wanted me to. It was, it was a lot because I wanted to do it. And I think that that certainly helps with the burnout factor too. And, mm. and then I think Cal again, Calvin, um, was such a big part of my career and he, he did such a good job of, of really pushing me and always keeping me outside my comfort zone. But, you know, he always made it fun. Definitely. And, um, so looking back at recruiting and, uh, that type of stuff, uh, what's your advice for students who want to play in college and like, I don't know how to get recruited and kind of just like, just like things to do or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, that's a great question because, and I think that that's one that a lot of people don't totally understand. And then the ones that do understand it have such a massive advantage over the ones that don't. Mm. Um, I think a lot, look, if you play, if you're really good in football or basketball, then um, <clears throat> I think it changes a little bit because the number of people on their staff and the number of people devoted to recruiting. And, you know, it's like these massive operations, but in almost all the Olympic sports and a lot of the other ones, like for us, like there's two people that are allowed to recruit. It's me and our other coach. And, you know, we're doing all the individual workouts with our guys, all the, you know, individual meetings with our guys. We have administrative mm -hmm. stuff we have to do. We got the team, like, and we have to recruit. And so, like we had three guys on our team last year that were top 10 in the world in the juniors. Um, and so if you're one of those guys, like people are going to come find you. Like they didn't need to do any work. They just got recruited. But mm. for so many people that are good enough to be on our team, which is a really good team or good enough to play division one athletics, like it, it, we don't have enough time in our day to go recruit a hundred people. So the people that have taken the time, to reach out to us um, and and take an unofficial visit and come in and uh, meet us and then we know them and we know their family and um, the kids that want to say like hey I think it'd be really cool to be on your team the kids that are saying hey you know it's been my dream to play at Carolina and if I had the chance to be there I would do anything I could to help the culture and I'll outwork everybody and mm -hmm. like I would really work hard every day to make sure you 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 know, never regretted giving me that opportunity. Like those people, I probably get a hundred emails a week, but you know, some of the, some of the people that take that extra time and 
I think you kind of got to do it earlier rather than later. Um, but at the beginning of your junior year, if you can kind of pick some big schools, some small schools, cast a wide net, go do some campus visits and get to know the coach and make sure they know you and what you're about, you really start to separate yourselves from just that email that came in or whatever. And I think a lot of people, they, I don't know if they feel stupid, like trying to really reach out, like they want to be recruited. And once we know who kids are and we, we start to really like them, we do recruit them, but we just don't have the resources or the, the staff to cast as wide of a net as we should. So it's kind of the kids that, that do a good job reaching out and making themselves known that have a big advantage in, in the recruiting process. So yeah, that, that for sure is, is to take a very proactive role in, in your recruiting is, is really important. Mm. And uh, last question, because I know you have a game coming up soon. Um, if you could go back and talk to your high school self, what advice would you give you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Where can I go with this card? Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's an interesting yeah, one. That's um, kind of a broad question. But. I think it's, look, it is don't, don't be too realistic, right? Um, you know, I think for me, you know, there, there was a big part in time where I knew I was good at tennis and I knew um, that it was something I enjoyed doing, but I didn't know if it would, if it could ever really be my life, right? And I think some people, even for the kids on our team that kind of come through, I, I sort of see them in that same space now. Um, and I see some of them <clears throat> that maybe, you know, think, like, ah, I don't really know if I can do that, so I should yeah. just go and do whatever. And there's certainly nothing wrong, but for, for the ones who have been like, you know what, like, this is worst-case scenario. This is going to be an unbelievable experience in my life, and I'm going to get to travel and see the world. Uh, and at least, like, I'll, I'll never have any regrets. Like, never had one of those kids yeah. that, that would ever regret that decision. And, you know, the, the business world and all those things, it's not like they really go anywhere. Um, but you know, to me, I, I think just, you get one shot to be your age and, and to have a chance to do whatever you want. Mm. And I, I think, yeah, it'd just be, whether it seems like it's totally realistic or not, just go all in and you, you never know what might happen. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for talking with us today. And uh, I know you're on a tight schedule, so it means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hope I did all right, and thank you guys. Yeah. All right, see ya. All right, see ya. Thank you for listening to Tennis with Trip with Carden Profit. Special thanks to our guest, UNC tennis coach, Country Day alum, and my uncle, Trip Phillips, for giving us his time. This has been a production of the podcast and journalism class with Kick at Country Day. <laughs>